You're listening to Kids Cue the Music, a podcast where we talk to musicians, performers, composers, and kids like you. We're asking the questions you've always wondered but never had the chance to ask. And we'll listen to music to see what makes it interesting and fun. Because music is for you. I'm your host, Darlene. And I'm your host, Rebecca Lane, director of Upper Beaches Music School. Let's cue the music. <laughs> Welcome to another episode of Kids Cue the, the Music. music. <laughs> Is it Kids Cues the Music or Kids Cue the Music? I did say Kid Cue the Music. Oh, okay. I misheard you. This is an episode of Kids Cue the Music, and I am your co-host, Rebecca Lane. And I am your other co-host, Zara. Zara Lane. Ansley. Zara Ansley Lane, that is right. Okay, well, welcome. And um, actually, today, we don't have a guest. Which is very unfortunate because it will be very boring with our guest. Are you sure? I mean, I think that we can make this interesting for people mm-hmm. who are listening. Mm-hmm. I think it will still be fun. Because today we're talking about something that's really, I think, interesting, which is uppos and downbows. As my dad called it this morning, uploads and downloads. That was a pretty funny conversation. Zara and I were like, yeah, today we're going to record an episode on uppos and downbows. And Daddy was like, what? Uploads and downloads? We all laughed pretty hard. Anyway, but we're talking about bowing on a string instrument. So on instruments that use a bow. Zara, what is a bow? Is it like something that you put on a Christmas present? Yeah. It can be. What kind of bow are we talking about today? What a long stick. Can you tell us more about what this long stick looks like and what it does? This long stick has a frog on it. Ribbit. And it also is made out of metal. And, um, and it has if hair. You're lo- yeah, it has hair. And if you're lucky enough, you might even get some leaves on it. Leaves? <laughs> this is very silly. I mean, the bow doesn't have an actual frog on it. It has a frog. Yeah, it does. Well, it does. I mean, the part that is on it. That you why is it called the frog? Though? I don't actually know why it's called the frog. That's well, like, one part looks like an eye. True. Maybe it kind of looks like a frog's eye. But it's not an actual frog, and it's not made from a frog. It just is called mm. the frog. And the bow is why it is pulled well, along. Maybe it's what about, like, fro- the word frog means. Maybe. Yeah, maybe it has something to do with that. that maybe the word frog means weird-looking black thing. <laughs> I, that would be an interesting episode for another time. But the part that gets We'd pulled along... We'd have to along, look it up, though. <laughs> Yes, we would have to do some research. The part that gets pulled along the string that connects with the string is made out of horsehair. So that's another part of the bow. Yeah, it's all made of wood. There's the wooden part, which is the stick. There's the hair made out of horsehair. There's the frog, which is the part that you put your hand on if you're playing a string instrument. So this is for... Violins, cellos, violas, double basses. Are there any other instruments that use a bow? Viola. Viola. Did I say viola? Uh-huh. Violas, cello. Anyway, so lots of instruments, string instruments use bows. And we talk in string instruments about up bows, up bows, and down bows. What does up- that mean? Lo- no, you're saying it wrong. Uploads and downloads. What are up bows and down bows, Zara? It means Zara and I both play the violin. So we kind of know what this means, but most people have no so idea. So when you bow up and when you bow down. Well, that's kind of obvious, but like, <sighs> so it's the direction that your bow goes on yeah, the string. Well, uh, 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 if it's going up or it's going down. 
it's not really going up or down. It's just going side to side. Yes, you're right. It should be right and left, not mm-hmm. up and Well, it's down. interesting that you say that because in French, they actually use the words tirer and pousser, which means push and pull. And that makes a lot more sense than up and down. Oh, yeah. With we should call it the push and pull. Yeah. I mean, some teachers do refer to it as push and pull. Some, <laughs> some musicians do. It makes a lot more yeah. sense. Okay. So what does... I mean, I've talked to some professional musicians that just play other instruments like trumpet or percussion or something. They have no idea that string players even talk about uppos and downbows. What? Yeah. They were like, what? You have to work on your bowings. What, don't you just move your bow around when you're playing? But Wait, who said that? Someone said that to me once. It was. What? I'm not going to tell you who it was, but it was a percussionist. And they had no idea that... Oh, sorry. I mean, they had never played a string instrument before. It's not their fault. But this was a, a professional musician who makes a living playing percussion. They had no idea that apples and downbows existed. Oh my goodness. Were I know. a grown-up? Yes, a grown-up. <laughs> I know. And to think this is I know more than them. About Boeings, you most yeah, certainly I do. I do, because I don't play percussion. So, I mean... Well, in, in the future I might, but I cool. How do we organize the uppos from the downbows like how does the music tell you which way your bow should I be going i don't know that's a bad thing you don't know mm. are there like symbols or anything no i have never heard of a single symbol like that before are you certain interesting i've yeah. only heard you say that oh and those two are an uppo and oh yes you've got to put down well actually in the music when you're reading music there are symbols well i don't read music true you don't really read music very much not yet and i will never read music oh i hope you do why because then you can learn music without hearing it it's a very special skill it's like being able to read a story everybody can read a story everyone who can read over the age of five Everyone who can read over the age of five. Mm-hmm. So same with music. If you can read music, you can read. Well, it's even notes. better if you know it by memory. So you don't have to pull up a music stand when you're doing a recital and like, well, that's kind of like flip to the right page. And that, yeah, but that's kind of like saying up and play if it. you didn't know how to read you, and you were saying, well, I'll just memorize every story. I'll just read the stories enough times that I well, memorize. It's not I'll never have a real them. story. It's just, it, it's like lines. It's, it's like. I don't know. I'm watching the le- I'm uh, looking the lyrics of the, of the song or something. Not. Interesting, interesting. Okay. Well, in written music, there are symbols for uppos and downbows so that we can organize which way our bow is supposed to go. And a downbow is symbolized by it's like a square without the bottom, and an uppow looks like a V. They actually uh, come from that. Yeah, it's like how the letter U looks like a V, like in ancient times. It did? I did not yeah, know like that. In, in Greek lettering or Latin or something like that, uh, they used to write. I don't know how to write. So the U for I do know how became to speak a B. Speak Latin. Yes. We aren't going to speak Latin today. Well, I just spoke Latin. Okay. Well, let's get back to our podcast. Yeah. Back back to the podcast. Okay. Other than the direction of the bow for apples and dumbbells, is there a difference between how each bow direction feels? What do you think? Like when you play a down bow versus an up bow, does it feel different on your instrument? No. Interesting. It does not feel different at all. Because typically we put down bows on notes that are meant to be stronger or louder and up bows on softer notes. 
Did you know that? Because Dodo threw up bows or an up bow on a long note. Like, if you're yes. playing, that doesn't mean you can't do that. Because if you, you have to do a circle bow, if you did a down bow on, you have to go like, voot, voot. <gasps> you're right. We would have to keep just doing down bows all the time and doing circles in the and tree if we so, didn't have any so annoying. Unless it was called a circle bow. So. Okay, so one last question about down bows and up bows. When people are in an orchestra playing together, all of the people using bows go to, like, extraordinary lengths. They make a lot of effort. They try really hard to plan their bowings and write them in their parts and everything so that their bows match all the time. Well, I don't know how that feels because I, Dara, have never, ever been in an orchestra before. Well... And I don't use sheet music. True, but one day you will. And I'm just wondering why you... Do you think... Orchestra members want to make their bowings match. How would it look if they didn't match? They would look terribly crazy. It would look kind of silly if their bows were all going in different directions. Terribly crazy. They would look silly if their bows weren't matching. But they even terribly silly. They make them match so that they all are doing the same thing. So you, if you know, you've decided on a Boeing in orchestra, you have to make sure that Just you do like it because if everyone does American one, hand sign language and I have got to do it all with my right hand, which is... Well, well, this is a good point. If you're doing sign language, like with your class for the song that you're learning, then how would it look if you were doing different sign language than everyone else? Would people know that well, you were making a mistake? Yes. <laughs> like everybody would be like, well, and I'd be like... So if you were doing bowings and everyone was going down and you were the only person going up, everyone would know that you were making a mistake. So everybody was like, that's a down bow. And I was like, that's an up bow. Yep. Very embarrassing if the one of the guys who was very important in the organization for the um, orchestra just came to you and said, you did an accident. You did a. You made a big accident there. You made a big mistake. You've gotta, you've, we've got to do this all over again, all because of you. Yeah, that happens. So sometimes. annoying. They'd be like, you know, there are some Boeing's that are wrong. In the oh back no! Oh, I'm so sorry, special organization orchestra. Well, leader. usually it's like the I, conductor who's like, there are some Boeing's that are wrong in the back of the second violin section. Sonoma. Yeah, and then they have to fix them and try it again. Oh no, we've got to do it all over again. It's so bad. So that's our explanation of up bows and down bows. Now, Zara, I didn't actually tell you this, but I found today, as I was going through some old recordings, I found a recording of you playing Go Tell Aunt Rhody when you were probably six or seven. I think you were about six, actually. And I was wondering if we could... That was two years ago. At least. Yeah, it might have been longer. I was wondering if you'd like to play it for everyone the recording not the song live but would you like to share that recording with everyone i didn't even hear it so why did he even come up with this like what why do you want to share it i don't know because it has lots of uppos and downbows in it and i thought it would be a good song well gavat does too yes and i haven't even finished it yet well <laughs> we keep talking about this over and over. We, we aren't finishing gavat because we haven't practicing <laughs> that's what's happening we're busy doing podcasts. Anyway, we'll get back to practicing soon. We've been taking a little bit of a pandemic hiatus. That's okay. Oh, okay. So I started from poses. I'm at I, I, I. Well, I think you're looking at the list of things for poster composer.
Pastor or Composer is a game that we like to play on this show where I say an Italian word and then Zara and guests, if we have guests, but we don't today, guess if it's the name of a pasta or the name of a composer. And there's no guest today, so it's just going to be so boring. Well, it's just going to be you. Well, I'm going to... Maybe... Ooh, I have an idea. Did you know, dear guests, that we have um, snacks? Yeah. You hear them, me getting them out. These are snacks. Zara and I eat them in between recording episodes, and today they're little mini Kinder Eggs. And I have brought up, we brought up four of them today. And I already ate one. Zara already ate one, and it was supposed to be two for her and two for me, and there are three left because I haven't had mine yet. So, three left. Zara, if you guess correctly the name of these Italian words, then I will give you up to three of these Kinder Eggs, which means I would be giving you mine. So the first word is Ditalani. Is that a pasta or a composer? Composer. You are incorrect. It is a pasta. (laughs) One for me. The next one is Gemelli. Gemelli. Or maybe it's Gemelli. Gemelli, I think is pasta. I believe you are correct. Oh, they're rolling away. Okay, the last one, Zara, for one more mini Kinder Egg. Is this a pasta or a composer? Battisti. Well, that says Battisti. No, Battisti. So for the first two, Datalini, Ditalini, and Gemelli were both pastas. Battisti. Does Battisti sound patis, patisti sound? <laughs> Battisti or Battisti? Battisti pasta. Does that sound good? Battisti pasta? Pas- or or Battisti the great Italian composer? Which one is it? Mm. A kinder egg lies in the balance. Will you win one of mine? Mm. Pasta or composer? Battisti. The first two, Pasta. Ditalani was pasta. Gamelli was pasta. Battisti, you're saying, is also pasta? Final answer? Actually, no. Can I change it? Yep. Composer. You are in luck. You made the right choice. Battisti is an Italian composer, and you have won the last Kinder Egg. You got three, and I only got one. I mean, you got you got two when we played this game, and you played... Anyway, it doesn't matter. You got more Kinder Eggs than I did. <laughs> Lots of them. Okay, so we're going to uh, <laughs> we're going to play a recording of Zara playing "Go Tell Aunt Rody." Oh, I remember. A couple I years heard ago. it a little bit today, and guess what? What? Daddy started singing it right. After. Yes, you're right. I was playing it, and then Daddy was singing it because you know how much he will sing anything. Were you singing it, or did he already know the song? I played it and Daddy heard it, so he started singing. Oh, did, did he like was somebody singing in the recording? No, no. Then how did he know the words to it? I guess he just knows the song because it does have words Weird. to it. Okay, here is Zara performing. Sorry. I almost said here is Zara performing pasta or composer. That would be funny. Here is Zara performing. Go tell Aunt Rody, and that concludes today's episode of. 
Musicians, want to listen to more fun music? Tell your grown-up to head over to upperbeachesmusic.com slash rescue to get an email each week with links to kid-approved classical music, crafts, and much more. That's right. We'll send you a little package of links every Monday morning so that you can keep the musical learning and fun going all week long. That's upperbeachesmusic.com slash rescue. listening to kids cue the music if you've enjoyed this episode leave us a review your ratings and reviews help more people like you find our podcast don't forget to subscribe and share this episode with other kids you think would love it i'm zora lane and i'm rebecca lane talk to you next time on kids cue the music